0: hey guys and welcome to the alabama freshwater fishing report presented by great days outdoors magazine the first podcast to bring you the local fishing report for alabama's lakes and rivers whether it's good bad or ugly presented by great days outdoors magazine if you hunt or fish alabama or in the deep south you know that it's different down here spawning seasons, patterns, food sources. They ain't the same down here as in other parts of the country. At Great Days Outdoors Magazine, southern outdoors writers pick the brains of the best southern hunters and anglers and give you the best how-to, where-to, and when-to articles, along with so much, much more. Pick up a Great Days Outdoors Magazine subscription and become a better southern outdoorsman. Great Days Outdoors Magazine can be found at your local Barnes & Noble's books a million tractor supply company rule king bass pro shops or you can save and buy online at greatdaysoutdoors.com and brought to you by southeastern pond management hey guys if you're fortunate enough to own a lake or a pond then i know you want to get the most out of it as possible we all want to manage and grow big deer on our place so why not grow the biggest most healthy fish possible as well Give Norman a call at Southeastern Pond Management at 205-288-1371, or just look them up, southeasternpondmanagement.com. And they do an incredible job around the state of Alabama and Georgia, Tennessee. So if you're thinking about building a lake, if you're thinking about redoing an existing pond or lake that you have, restocking, fertilizing, liming, these guys do it all, and they do it well. It's what they do for a living, so they're really good at it. What's up, guys? I'm your host, Brian Sien. Thank you so much for joining us today. Wow. Things are different in Alabama today than they were yesterday. Imagine that. uh, A change in the weather uh, in Alabama. And and I'll be honest with you, I'm really glad to see this change. Uh, I am ready for this cooler weather. I know our fishermen are ready for the cooler weather. I can't wait for the show this week and for the next few weeks, just to see how things change in our lakes and our rivers across the state with this cooler weather kicking in. I know it's going to uh, put these fish in a different, in a different mode and uh, it usually makes it a lot more fun fishing. So I'm looking forward to that. But for today, we're going to start this first segment off today. I'm really excited about this segment. I've been wanting to have this person on for a long time And so, I'm I'm glad that we were able to, to put it together for today, but for our first segment of the day, I want to welcome Kay Donaldson. She is the director of the Alabama Bass Trail to the show. Kay, how are you?
1: I am doing fantastic. And I am just like you, I am loving this cooler weather. And, uh, I think it is going to make the fish get a little more active. I think it's going to, we're going to start seeing fall pattern fishing and I'm really excited about that. So
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and i tell you what I'm excited about. is my electricity bill. (laughs) Because it's about to go down finally. (laughs) Uh,
1: I know. I mean, those 100 degree days, I was born and raised in Alabama, been here my whole life. And I am just not weathering these 100 degree days like I should. So I'm glad to see that. I'm for lots of reasons. I, my dog is glad to see that walks in the afternoon. Won't be near as bad oh, now. That right? it's, now it's
0: 70 degrees. So oh, it's totally we're, different. we're ready for it. This is definitely right. my favorite time of the year. Uh, I, you know, it kind of wavers, I guess, between spring and fall, just like most of us, but fall to me is just, it, it's my favorite. I mean, it's the, the, the fish turn on hunting seasons right around the corner. and You're just so tired of the hot weather. That is an exciting time. Well, Kay, you, you're you're from, originally from Alabama, so where, what part of the state are you from?
1: I call Decatur, Alabama home. Um, mm-hmm. I was originally born and raised in Lawrence County in a little town called Hatton. And then I moved to Decatur right after college, and I've been here ever since. This is where I've raised my kids, and this is where I call home now. And I guess probably until I pass away, this will be where home will be, so... Um, I, am lucky though. I get to travel the entire state of Alabama. I get to see some of the most beautiful, uh, lakes and river systems that we have to offer. So, um, each time I go somewhere, I feel like I'm the kid that went away to college and come home again, because it just seems like a homecoming every time I go into one of these communities when we have our tournaments.
0: Man, that's awesome. That's awesome. This is a fishing podcast, but I've got to, we we talk about this kind of stuff too. Do you happen to know a guy named Mitch Duke in Decatur?
1: I don't know Mitch Duke. I know Ronnie Duke, but I don't know a Mitch.
0: Okay. Well, Mitch Mitch played baseball with me at Auburn. Oh, okay. And then he went on and was drafted and played for the Cincinnati Reds in the minor leagues there a while. But great guy. A lot of good people in Decatur. That's where I was going with this, Kay. It's a lot of good people in Decatur. Okay.
1: Well, my son actually plays college baseball. And uh, so I—that that is my second love. <laughs> I mean, probably if you really had to put them in order, it'd probably be baseball over fishing because I get to watch my favorite player uh, play, but um, I'm a big baseball fan. I'm a big baseball fan and we hope next year, we hope that we're looking at a draft situation, but you know, every kid dreams of that. And uh, my feeling on that is if if Jake does the work and he puts in the time and, and he concentrates on the little things, it'll happen. And and if it doesn't, it wasn't where God meant for him to be. So we have certainly enjoyed baseball for now 16, 17 years of his life, and uh, hopefully we'll get to see him play a, little, a few more.
0: Well, and it's like I, I tell my son, who's a senior this year uh, at high school and, and wanting to go on and play, is I'm like, you know, son, and, and, and my, co- my roommate at college, I mean, he played 10 years in the big leagues. And, I mean, several of my mm-hmm. friends, you know, that are teammates played a long time in the major leagues, Tim Hudson. And mm-hmm. anyway – like I tell my son, I'm like, at some point, we all have to hang our cleats up. Sometimes, right. that's, sometimes that's after Little League. Sometimes that's after mm-hmm. JV or sometimes it's after high school. The ones that are fortunate, they, they may hang them up after college. And then some of them get a long, you know, a career in the major leagues. But at some point, even those guys have to hang the cleats up at some time. So make the most of every opportunity that you have right now. Because it's going to end, it's going mm-hmm. to end for all of us, and it did for me. And 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 um, anyway, so it sounds like where's he playing? Yeah.
1: He plays at the University of Montevallo.
0: Awesome. And
1: uh, he is actually, yeah, he's a sophomore on the field because of COVID. He got an extra year of eligibility, so he's a sophomore on the field. He's a junior in the classroom. Uh, he's a catcher, so he um, he got to play. I want to say last year he played about 248 innings uh, for the Falcons. And he um, he was their starter and just absolutely loves Montevallo, loves the coaching uh, crew down there, absolutely loves the town. Um, you know, it's close enough to Tuscaloosa and goes to his girlfriend every once in a while. But it's just a perfect fit for him, you know. And you, he was ready to commit the day he walked on campus and, and you know, and, you want them to make their own decision, and, and he made this decision and has never looked back, and um, it's been a really good uh, fit for our family and for him and his talent and what they needed at the time, and I, I feel like it was just where God put him, and, and he has said that from day one. You know. That is, so,
0: that's wonderful. It's, well. uh,
1: it's funny how God works things out because if you would have told me 15 years ago I'd be running the Alabama Bass Trail, I'd have probably told you you're crazy. But
0: that's how things work out. So. But that's how things work. Well, and, and, and we, we've got to get to that, I guess. I mean, me and you could probably mm-hmm. do a whole podcast on <laughs> baseball uh, because oh, I'm, yeah. I'm like you. It's my love. It's, it's, I'm probably more passionate about that than I am even the fishing. Um, <laughs> it was my, you know, it still holds a dear place in my heart. And I love coaching mm-hmm. and, and mentoring kids. Uh, on and off the field so but this is a fishing podcast okay so we've got to get to the fishing part so let's talk about the Alabama Bass Trail and I would love it if you would start off kind of talking about where it's been kind of what it's Mm -hmm. grown to and then let's maybe even touch on where it's going
1: you know Alabama Bass Trail was actually started as just a way to recruit anglers to come to the state visit fish for two or three days and go home. It was really started as a tourism mechanism for the state of Alabama. And then later on, Dr. Bentley, who was governor at the time, decided that he would really like to see a competitive trail go into these areas, the lakes that we had identified as, as top fishing lakes in the state, to go into these areas and create a, a economic impact. And so when we started reviewing that, we put together the Alabama Bass trail. We announced it on September 30th of 2013 and we had our first tournament February the 1st of 2014. So it came together really quickly, uh, probably a lot quicker than what I even anticipated that it would. Uh, my job always had been marketing. I was a tourism marketing person. I had worked with tournament organizations before, uh, but I, this is what I was tasked to do. And so the, The great thing about the trail is we kind of started big. We really didn't have a a time that we were small and then grew. Um, We filled up in 72 days in our northern division with 200 boats. Um, We had 165 boats in our southern division at that time, the largest trail in the state of Alabama, uh, and largest trail that had been in Alabama in a long, long time. And uh, so that was in 2014. Uh, In 2017, we actually sold out both divisions with 225 boats uh, for the first time. We had sold out 225 boats, and uh, and then it's just been filling up ever since. And now the, the situation is how quickly will it fill up? It has filled up as early as 22 minutes. So we've been very blessed, and we've had to really learn quickly how to adjust, but you know the guys pay um, in August. They pay August the fifteenth, and they don't fish until February. And that's how it's always been that way. And now it fills up in less. This year it filled up in just under just under four hours. The year before it did fill up in twenty two minutes. So yeah, you know, I think COVID. I, yeah, I think COVID kind of made people a little scary to kind of jump into something because you know during twenty twenty we were we were kind of forced to put two tournaments off and so we you know with the Delta variant coming back we were a little concerned of what would happen but we did fill up in uh just under four hours uh on August the 15th and then we um of course still had some tournaments to have this year but uh we're already planning for the 2022 season and and getting ready for that so you know that was 2014 and then in 2019 I guess it was 2019, yeah, 2019, um, a lot of our sponsors, we've been very lucky to and blessed to have a number of national recognized companies sponsor with us, as well as local companies as well. They started asking, okay, you're filling up so fast, what are you going to do to continue to grow? Right. And so I kind of took a group of anglers and we sat down and we discussed it, and overwhelmingly they wanted a smaller field they were tired of fishing against 225 boats you know let's pay a higher entry fee fewer boats so we started a whole new tournament series called the alabama bass trail 100 and it is limited to 100 boats the entry fee is a quite a bit higher but the payback is quite a bit higher too so we started that uh, we announced it in 2020 we started it had our first tournament january the 8th of 2021 uh, Open registration for the second year in June. We filled up uh, that series again. So bass fishing in the state of Alabama right now is probably the strongest I've ever seen it as far as the number of available tournaments and the number of available tournaments with really good payouts. There's a lot of money on the table of the state of Alabama right now for bass fishing.
0: What is the normal payout for a tournament? Like, uh, like, and, and just uh, for a, uh, for the top 100? What is a payout? Mm-hmm. And then for the, the regular, I guess you'd say the regular series.
1: Well, one of the things the Alabama bachelor built our reputation on was we pay back a hundred percent of the entry fees and you can't go anywhere else and find that, uh, you know, I don't care if you fish the Bassmaster elites. I don't care if you fish the uh, Bass Pro Tour, FLW, whatever it's called. A hundred percent payback is unheard of in the bass fishing industry. That's crazy. Uh, but we yeah, we pay back a hundred percent of all the entry fees goes back to the anglers, and we're set up a little bit different. Uh, we're set up to create economic impact in these communities, so um, that we're an economic engine, and that's why we're set up a little bit different. We can pay that back. All of our sponsorship money goes to pay our expenses. It goes to pay you know the upkeep of the website, the travel for the team, you know the TV show that we produce. That's what the sponsorship money goes for. We actually pay back about 113% on the regular series because we pay an Angler of the Year bonus and we do some other things. So it comes out to about 113% what we pay back. Typically on a tournament like ours, if you were to go to a, a Texas or Arkansas or something like that, your payout's going to be about 85%. So the organization is going to keep 15 to 20% mm-hmm. for their operating costs. And then a payout's about about 85%. Uh, and they usually pay, um, we call it one in five. So usually one place per five votes that you have enter is about what is customary in tournaments. Um, we pay down 40 places. Um, at every regular season event, we pay out $47,400. And that's a $10,000 first place. That's a, that's a pretty good payday for a, a one day tournament. And, a lot of our guys are in Phoenix boats, and so that qualifies them for another $7,000 bonus. So you've got guys walking away with $17,000 to $20,000 on a one-day tournament where you know, they may have the right kind of boat, they may have the right kind of electronics, they may have financed it at, a, at the America's First Federal Credit Union. So all of those bonuses and contingencies, you know, if you're set up right, you could walk away with $20,000 for a one-day tournament in the state of Alabama.
0: That was something I just found out about actually last week doing the podcast. Cause one of our contributors from Logan Martin, they had won a tournament. They had one, I guess it was one of y'all's tournaments, I guess, two weekends ago, maybe three weekends ago now on Logan Martin, but he was saying because they were in a certain boat that they qualified and for, for the, for the extra payday, cause they came in first. Mm They came in first in the tournament and they were in the right boat. So it was a, it was, he's like, man, it's a really good payday.
1: It it does. And our 100 is a little bit more because we actually, the entry fees are higher, but we still pay 100%. The first place in the 100 is 25,000. So at UFALA in June, we actually paid out 25,000 to the first place. He qualified for a $7,000 Phoenix bonus. So that put him to 32,000 or Good a one day and it doesn't always happen that way you know it doesn't always happen that way but when it does man it sure is sweet so how many sure
0: events will y'all have a year
1: okay we we have three 100 events um we are looking at 2023 of maybe going up to four events there is a um an end of the year championship called the backmaster team championship which gives you an opportunity to you know, Qualify to go to the Bassmaster Classic. Uh, but in order to do that, you have to fish four events in your trade. You don't fish three in the 100. So there's an opportunity for us to grow to four tournaments. Um, we sent out a survey to our guys and they kind of like that. They like the opportunity. But, you know, on the flip side of that, you know, there's guys that fish it, that fish other things too. So they don't really want to add tournaments. But um, the other series, we do five Northern Division tournaments, we do five Southern Division tournaments, and then we have a championship. So all in all, we do 14 events around the state. In 2019 was the latest economic impact study we had. COVID, I don't really know that we would have gotten really good numbers with the COVID stuff. But in 2019, we did 12 events, and our economic impact to the state of Alabama was about $7.1 million.
0: Holy cow. Yeah. That's we
1: are, incredible we I mean we, we have anglers that travel from Minnesota, Wisconsin, Indiana, South Carolina, Ohio, Kentucky, Tennessee, Georgia, Mississippi, We've got a couple of guys come from Texas and fish with us. So we have we average 12 to 13 states that, that fish with us. So it's grown. And like I said, I mean we really didn't have a time to be small and, and grow at a slow pace. Uh, we basically started big and had to figure out a way to get bigger. And I'm I'm not saying that bragging on me. I'm saying that because it, it was a struggle. It was a struggle to find kind of our way. And um, but we were we kind of answered a need to here in the state of Alabama. There are a lot of great state of Alabama. There are a lot of great tournament trails that are housed here in the state of Alabama. Um, but we were doing something a little bit different. And now I contribute our success to one the Alabama Bachelor team the guys that come to work for us on Saturday that put these events on are just stellar. They're just un, unrivaled by anybody else. And then we have about 1100 guys that fish with us and they are the best outside salespeople that you could ever hope to have. They're out Absolutely. there preaching the good word of the Alabama bass trail. And, and that's what, you know, guys will listen to their fishing buddy. And so when their fishing buddy says, Hey man, you should come fish this, that's typically what they do. And, and uh, we've been very blessed by that. So um, I will say in the eight years that we've been we've been in business, we just completed our eight regular seasons. that we have just been truly, truly blessed uh, all along the way. Well, and it way.
0: sounds like you you've you've been blessed and you're doing, you know, and a lot of times we're blessed because we do things the right way. With y'all setting these things up the way that y'all have, to where y'all are not trying to make money off the fishermen. You're trying to make, you know, you're trying to bring money to the state of Alabama and you're paying all the money back to the fishermen. I mean, that just that is probably escalated the growth of this thing. Like you said, it happened so fast. But there's a reason it happened <clears> fast. It's because and you don't want to brag on yourself, but but you should, because you set it up the right way to experience that kind of growth to make the kind of impact that it has for the numbers for the state of Alabama. So you should take a bow. That's a big feat.
1: The the trail has been very blessed. The state has embraced it. Our state tourism director, Lee Centel, has supported it from day one. He recognizes, you know, at first he didn't really understand it. But now, if you talk to him about it, he's the first one to get on you know, his soapbox and preach the good word of the Alabama Bass trail and how outdoor recreation, bass fishing, hunting, those types of things were really the underpinning of the tourism recovery in the state of Alabama. People got out and fished and did so before they went to the beach. You know, they got out and did these things and then, okay, now I'm comfortable. Let's go to the beach for vacation. So he understands that. So, I, you know, very grateful for the um, people that we work with in Montgomery uh, the local legislators in these communities where we go, um, we were fortunate enough to have Governor Ivy with us when we were in Camden a couple months ago for her to see the new boat ramp that had been completed down there all with, um, you know, some federal and state dollars that went in to develop that, that ramp and what it's going to mean to them as an economic impact driver um, It's just going to be amazing. Of course Camden's her hometown and to be able to see that and see it being used to its full capacity with the Annihilate Bachelor Tournament, it really did help open her eyes to what can happen through outdoor recreation. So we really um, you know, and and I'm I'm lucky because I worked in tourism for fifteen years prior to doing this. So I kind of knew those people to go and, and talk to and get to help spread the word. So uh, but I will say the Alabama bass trail didn't invent bass fish in the state of Alabama. There's been a lot of people that came before us. Sure. There's a lot of great trails from the airport Marine trail to the Silicon Marine trail to all those guys that came before us. And it's just fun to work alongside those guys now. And, and, you know, and to be kind of recognized in those same circles, I was looking at some numbers yesterday, the state of Alabama from 2020 to 2021, our in State resident license went up 111 thousand. Wow! From, in one year, probably the biggest increase we have seen in. And that 10 was for last combined, year. From 20 to 21, uh, that was, was reported by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife report that I read, and uh, and then we went up 14 thousand in um, non-resident license. Those, so are, those that's, are great numbers. About, those are those are incredible. I was very proud of those numbers for a long time. The state of Alabama, because we've done such a great job recruiting retirees, a large number of our population was either under the age of 16 or over the age of 65, which kept people from having to have licenses. So um, we are starting to age some of those 16-year-olds into licenses now. But that's just, uh, you know, those are just numbers I like to keep a a look on. And I I try to see if we're making an impact. uh, Because we also, inside of doing the Alabama Bachelor Tournament Series, We also do all the freshwater marketing for the state of Alabama. So we do the trade shows. We have the website that you can go to to find out what hotel to go to or, oh, by the way, I might want to go to this restaurant while I'm here or experience this thing while I'm here. So we do a lot of that as well uh, on top of doing the tournament series. But it's been a a pleasure to to be able to, to be the one to carry the torch. And we're starting to see, I think you're going to see Tennessee is going to be announcing something very soon that is is going to be very similar to how we started. They have really been on our heels over the past 12 months trying to figure out how we've done what we've done. I've been in talks with them uh, several times. And and you're going to see Tennessee do something. Uh, Georgia's already trying to do something similar. Oklahoma has already established an Oklahoma Bass Trail that is strictly a tourism promotion so it is uh it is taking its wings and and flying off to other locations so that is
0: great and and well one thing's for sure and i and i just just from hosting this show now as long as i have and the numbers of fishermen and you and you said it with the numbers you you know the license amount that has gone up the way it has there's more people fishing now than ever has before and, you know, I contribute that to, to several things. One is, is, is organizations like you guys that make an impact, that draw people from other states in here to buy licenses and fish, that motivate people to get out and fish. And then you've got the, our high school circuit is gotten so big and all the high schools now are right. so many of them are getting these young people in it at an early age and getting them introduced to fishing and excited about fishing. And now these, these young fishermen are going out in their fishing tournaments and, and, mm-hmm. um, and it's just growing and, and COVID probably helped uh our numbers more than it hurt i mean people weren't going yeah. to work so like all right what else do we do let's go fishing <laughs> let's take up something <laughs> we can't go to the it, office anymore. it is uh, it is
1: and you know if you're it, it's it's crazy to me i mean to see that we were talking i was at the Truth alabama river improvement association last week and just hearing about all the plans for you know small crafts Access, You know, making sure that we can get kayaks and canoes in the water, that is a huge growing segment of the fishing business. And, you know, the Department of Conservation and and Corps of Engineers and all those have to really be mindful of that as we start developing new boat ramps and as we start developing new access points that we're mindful of that and that we have good access points for, for the people that choose to use that type of craft. So. There's just a lot that goes into it, and our Department of Conservation works really well um, managing our resources and things like that. So, overall, the state of Alabama has been very, very well positioned for this boom in the industry. I hope we continue to ride this wave, uh, but I certainly think our state is, is in a good position uh, yeah. geographically as well as as with
0: the resources and stuff we have well we we are we're we're so blessed with the resources the natural resources for sure that we have you know i, I lived I'm, i grew up in alabama I'm from demopolis and grew up on the tom and black warrior river fishing and hunting and and as we talked about earlier went on and played baseball at auburn but then most of my adult life was spent in mississippi and up until you know six or seven years ago when i moved back but when you look at a map of Mississippi and, and then Georgia and then Alabama and Tennessee, the amount of water that we have in Alabama is unbelievable compared to some of the states like Mississippi. They don't have any. They don't have a quarter of the water that we have.
1: Um, no, they don't.
0: You know that you've got a few. You've got Sardis and and Ross Barnett, and then you've got the Mississippi River but damn, there's not a lot else besides that right we're we're in Alabama they're just lake after lake after lake and we're so blessed with so many beautiful lakes and good fisheries and yeah I don't see it doing anything except continuing to to, to rise and hey that you mentioned the canoe and the kayak fishing that maybe that needs to be y'all's third circuit is the kayak fishing trail because <laughs> that oh, kayak fishing
1: ice getting huge. I have heard that. It really is. And I love that because, you know, you don't have to have an $80,000 bass boat to get out and try your skill. And if you've ever tried to kayak, just to kayak, much less to cast and then to land a fish, because at certain times of the year, you know, you're in the back of those creeks anyway in the shallow water. So you hook into a five pound bass in a kayak. I wouldn't do it just simply because I'd end up in the water. But I mean, it is a huge growing sector of the fishing business and, and we're seeing that we're seeing a lot of the pros that are coming out now they have a kayak deal and they're they're fishing and different things like that. So it is a growing segment and it does open our sport up to people who necessarily can't go out and spend seventy thousand dollars on a bass boat.
0: Right. Um, it just it, it, you know that
1: but exactly. later on they might be able to.
0: That's right. That's right. right. It's like, okay, I'd love to fish it i would love to fish a tournament but i don't have a boat like that you know that's what people are saying but my goodness some of the kayaks that they're coming out with now are they're they're not cheap either but they're cheaper than a eighty thousand dollar bass boat that's for sure but they're it's amazing what they're doing in that space uh and how fishable they are yeah so i've
1: heard that i've not been in one i've watched it from the outside and we have a guy we work with he's a He's an influencer, I guess, a, a social media influencer, and we've worked with him some on some um, some stuff, and he's really good at it. I just I just personally don't see myself ever going that direction, but I, I love to see it. I, I love. We go to a lot of lakes, and you, we were at Wife last year, and there was a kayak tournament going on the same time as our tournament. So it's, it's interesting to see them yeah. out on the water doing their thing, no doubt.
0: No doubt about it. Well, um, so you've got the championship coming up. In October, right?
1: Coming up on Smith Lake out of Jasper. Uh, we'll be on the Jasper side of the lake. Yes, and that is a $100,000 no-entry fee championship. Uh, first place is $50,000, and then we pay down 25 places. And, you know, this is a, the second year that we've done the no Well, we've always done a no-entry fee championship, but this is the second year we'll be paying cash instead of a bath boat. So we'll be paying $50,000 cash for first place. And then we'll pay down to 25 places. It has 180 teams, so that'll be 360 anglers. We'll be in Jasper the 21st, 22nd, and 23rd of October. And uh, looking forward to crowning a new Alabama Bachelorette champion, giving away a lot of money, and then turning around in less than a month and heading on up to Lake Gunnersville, where we will finish off the first season of the Alabama Bachelorette 100. We will crown an Angler of the Year team in that tournament series. And give away a hundred thousand dollars. You give away a hundred thousand dollars at each one of those. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, it's been a long season. We had a couple of tournaments due to some flooding down the Alabama that we had to postpone. And um, so it's been a long season, but it's it's been a great season.
0: Man, it sounds like it. That's saw such exciting stuff. And what what I would love to do is I'm going to stay connected with UK. And what I would okay. love to do is when you have these tournaments is to somehow maybe incorporate where we have the winners from those tournaments get on the podcast and talk about it and talk about they the would, trail and talk about winning and and just, yeah, I think that would be so cool to have.
1: I will be happy to, to send you their contact information when they win. We do a podcast with them, but I love for them to talk to other you know broadcasts journalists and things like that because it, your your audience is probably a lot different than our audience we probably have very avid Alabama bass troll people that listen to us where you have people that are that are listening from all over that want to know about the hunting and fishing in Alabama so um, I would love for them to come on and do that we have a lot of really good anglers we have anglers that's been with us all eight years we have anglers that fish everything we put on they fish it and I'm very blessed that we do we have a lot of people that fish the north, south and fish the 100. So well, and a lot uh, I'll be happy to get you those contacts.
0: Yeah, out. absolutely. I think that would be great. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of tournament fishing fishermen around the state are, are, kind of using our podcast as basically as part of their tackle box and because oh, yeah. the way that we're doing it is, you know, I'll record the show today, it'll be out tomorrow, Friday. And so if somebody's Mm -hmm. going fishing that weekend, they can listen to the report from these lakes all around the state and go, okay, and hear from professional fishermen that are doing it for a living, that guide on these lakes, hey, this is what the fish are doing right now. This is what we're catching them on. This is the depth. This is the presentation. This is our setup. And so people that are coming in from out of state or people that are, you know, maybe they're from Eufaula and they're coming up to gunnersville or smith lake or pickwick to fish a tournament they can listen to our podcast and go okay this kind of narrows it down now we kind of know what to expect and kind of know what to target so
1: right right well that's good they listen to everything they can possibly get their hands on when they're preparing for a tournament i, guarantee. I appreciate you reaching out to me and i appreciate you allowing me to tell the alabama bachelor story and uh, it's been a, it's been a fun one to help, write, And, uh, I'm like I said, I'm, I'm blessed that I get to carry the torch for it.
0: Well, you've done an awesome job, Kay, and congratulations on the success of the Alabama Bass Trail. And, uh, man, we would love to have you back on here again and, and, and help in any way that we can with what you guys are doing. So thank you for jumping on I appreciate and that. absolutely. And good luck to your son. And i I'm, I may have to drive over to Montevallo uh, in the spring and and watch him play. And who knows? They they uh, they called they called my son, want him to try out about a month ago. So they may be teammates at some point. You never know. Wilson. We'll hey, see.
1: that would that would be awesome. Well, I can I can tell you this. I I don't know that he'd find a place that he felt as at home as. I mean, Jake feels right at home there. When I go on campus, I feel right at home there. It has really been a godsend for our family. So. Good luck to your son. What high
0: school does he do for? He's at Chelsea High School. See, okay, all
1: right, good deal. So we're
0: not far from or we're not far from Montevallo. We're right here at it. So no, it'd be a good fit. No, it'd be I, a good
1: fit. I, I travel right through there on my way to Lake Martin. So yes, I understand. Well, thank you so much for having me on. I hope you have
0: a okay. Okay, th- thank you. When it
1: gets posted,
0: I will. Thanks, Kay. Look forward to talking to you again soon. Uh, Take care.
1: Thank you. Bye bye.
0: All right, guys, let's take a quick break and hear from one of our sponsors. MB Ranch King hunting blinds and feeders are built to last right here in the USA. With durability and convenience in mind, MB Ranch King's maintenance-free blinds are built and constructed with high gray steel and come in variety of sizes to meet any hunter's needs. We also offer high quality, easy to use corn and protein feeders that can be filled with both feet on the ground. Call Kevin today for more information Or get a quote at 205-807-2937. MB Ranch King, built in the pursuit of perfection. And brought to you by Intercoastal Safaris. You're at the beach and fishing just isn't quite your thing. That's fine. Let's head one hour north of Panama City Beach and shoot some bigs. Intercoastal Safaris has night vision and all you can shoot ammo And yep, They're shooting ARs. There's no trophy fees and no bag limits. Night vision pig hunts with AR-15s one hour north of the Emerald Coast. Head on over to intercoastalsafaris.com to find out more. Welcome back, guys. Hey, what a great segment that was. Loved having her on uh, to talk about the Alabama Bass Trail. And I look forward to hearing more out of those guys. But let's get on to segment two. Love having this guy on, Captain David Hare. If anybody in the state knows about catching these giant striped bass, this is the man. Captain David, how are you, sir?
2: I'm doing good, Brian. You doing okay?
0: Man, I am. I'm doing good, buddy. I'm, I'm glad to see a little bit of this cooler weather. Got me fired up today. Makes me want to get out and oh, go fishing or do something outside.
2: It, exactly. I was just looking at, uh, I had to make a run in my truck, and it says it's 75 here. It's, it feels good for sure.
0: Ain't no doubt about Good. it, man. Little fall <laughs> feel in the air.
2: That's right. That's right. Say, so have you been able to do any fishing lately?
0: Man, I have not. Uh, between baseball and cheer practice, for my daughter, and and uh, everything else I got going on in the world, I have not had near as much time to fish lately as I have in the past, or that I would like to. But I'll be honest with you, I ain't real mad at them in august and early september uh oh. it's hot and uh if, <laughs> if there's a time of the year that i don't want to go fishing mm-hmm. it's it's probably that time but uh yeah, but it's it's fixing get. to get back right
2: that's right that's right mm-hmm. we're seeing a cha- we're seeing a change here that's for sure the bite started getting better about about a week ago and uh getting a lot of fish up on top now and uh uh, I, I had actually went down to the coast this past weekend to see my grandkids, and uh, we were had a charter trip planned for Friday, and, of course, we couldn't run it. It was too rough. But anyway, we stayed down there and did some visiting, and uh, uh, I got some phone calls that some of my buddies had got on some stripers on top and some places I told them to check, and uh, so they were excited and uh and i've been seeing a good many fish on top
0: that's got to be an exciting time of the year for the striped bass fishing you know to catch one of those giants on top would be, that'd be a be tremendous amount of fun
2: oh yeah yeah no doubt it's uh you get so excited out there you have to you have to sort of calm yourself down as as long as i've been doing this i still i get just as excited as the clients do and sometimes more excited because I know what I know what's in Lake Martin and know the potential of what they can hook up out there,
0: right, yeah, and when you see that big explosion on the top of that water you you don't know if it's a twenty pounder or a forty pounder, but you know it might be a real good fish
2: that, exactly, exactly. I have a world of clients say, oh my gosh i didn't I didn't realize we are gonna be catching this size fish, and uh we <laughs> <laughs> it's uh for for anybody that's never been It's this eye-opener i promise you you
0: have no but, idea that uh, was but, in that lake that's right well so y'all yeah, are catching some fun. big fish right now
2: yeah uh uh they're just they're just now you know uh the the bigger fish are just now starting to get turned on again and uh i hope this cold front that we have tonight's not gonna you know and we call it the cold front you know it's Sort of an abrupt change, but I, I'm hoping it's gonna help us tomorrow instead of hurt us. Uh, and, and if it does hurt us, you know it doesn't take but a couple of days, and they're calm right back down and ready to ready to do their thing. So uh, I, I feel like uh, I, I feel like we're on go for for the rest of the fall and winter. Now I, I hope we got all that old hot crap behind us
0: yeah i hope so too and 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 i think you know it's it's usually it's that time of the year uh you know we might get one more warm up i don't think we're gonna have to worry about the high 80s or low 90s anymore the rest of the year i'm hoping. uh so maybe those nights if those nights continue to stay cooler and that water temperature starts getting down a little bit i think I think you're going to see everybody start picking up, and it's probably already started happening, but like you said, sometimes when you get these abrupt changes, uh, it takes a couple days for the fish to get straightened out and get calmed down, But, but when they do, they're going to be more aggressive than they probably were two weeks ago.
2: Yeah, Oh, no doubt, no doubt. The, uh, the water temp right now, surface temp, 78 to 80 degrees, you know, just depending on what part of the lake you're on. And, uh, and of course, if you happen to run up in the river, that's usually five degrees, uh, colder up, you know, up in the north part of the river. So if it's 78, say down on the lake, you got some 73 degree water, uh, coming down that river and, uh, I mean, that's getting prime time. That's getting I'm
0: prime guessing. right there. That's right. Yes, well, lo, yes, like sir. this time of year, and, and you know, it's, it's these stripes are it's a fast, these giant stripes are a fascinating deal to me. And, you know, because they act, they're, they're different than a large mouth and, and, and the crappie that we talk about on here so much. But, you know, like this time of year when you're uh, – the fish are probably going through a little bit of a transition with the water temperature changing and coming, get more into the fall patterns. How do you decide, you you know, whether you're gonna to go to the upper part of the lake into the river or whether you're gonna be down closer to the dam? Or, I mean, kind of what determines that?
2: You know, uh, it's just like I've got a game plan for in the morning in my mind right now but if i was a betting man i would bet by the time i crank that motor at the marina in the morning when i take off i'll do something entirely different (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, and and it's a it's an awesome question it's so many different things you can do right now and and especially in the next several weeks it gets to the point you, you can't do any wrong. You're just, sometimes you'll luck up and do do more right than you do wrong. In other words, you're going to more than likely get on fish, you know, in the next several weeks at a lot of different places. Uh, and, and sometimes it depends it depends on the clients I've got on the boat on, on what my game plan is going to be that day. You know, if I've got clients on the boat that, that don't mind doing a, a a lot of running, then, then I might start out on the South end and fish my way all the way back North uh, or vice versa, start on the North and fish South. If I've got clients that, you know, that, don't care about going on a long ride then i'm gonna go and i'm gonna hunt schools of fish you know close to where i put in at and if i locate them then i'm gonna lock down on them and and we're gonna stay in that area i've got well well, let's stop
0: right let me let me ask you right there because this is when you say you're going out you're trying to locate that school of fish in in the area what are you looking for or is this purely on your electronics or are you looking for fish busting the top of the water what what are you looking for in, to try to find that school?
2: uh you you do both this time of year uh of course you know i've got waypoints all over the lake and uh, as as i leave the marina in the mornings, if i don't see some fish Busting on top uh, as I'm leaving, then I'm gonna run hit three or four or five of my waypoints and you know and see if there's schools of them down deep, you know, in that area. And if I start seeing a lot of bait, whether it's on my electronics up real high, or if I see some bait working the surface of the lake, then I know sooner or later that day that morning those fish are going to come up on top and then I then I determine where I think that the majority of the fish are going to come up on top at and that's where I'm gonna go you can definitely do some sight fishing it's, it's been almost two weeks ago and I did record a video but I was talking sort of uh a little too ugly to be able to post a <laughs> video because I got so you excited. You got so
0: excited.
2: <laughs> I was at, actually out scouting by myself and I had over and no exaggeration and I'm I'm on the light side, over 60 acres of stripers on top of the water. I have not seen it like that probably what? in the inter- 15 years. That whole area was just churning 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 it was absolutely crazy and and they stayed up for a, for a long time and it wasn't like a little school right over here and then they'd go down and come up somewhere else i mean this this it looked like just a i don't know I, you had to have been there <laughs> that's
0: crazy uh, 60 acres yeah there's
2: no telling uh, how many it, fish it, that it, was yeah it was sixty acres or more, and I got so excited at uh, one time I had nine rods tangled up. I couldn't do nothing. I mean I I you would thought I'd never fished a day in my life. You
0: had nine
2: I mean, I, rods tangled up nine <laughs> rods tangled up. I'm talking about where I finally just had to stop and just start re-tying. It was nuts. I shot a video of all those fish on top and some of the fish I had in the box, and I send them to my guides because, like I say, I was out scouting that day and I just ran up on these fish. I knew it was getting close to them being in that area, but I sure wasn't expecting that.
0: No, um, when you pull up and you see fish schooling on top, obviously you're gonna grab a top water real quick. What, what kind of lure are you grabbing?
2: Pop ours, Zars food. Just uh, you know, anything that you can pitch out there and pitch a long ways and make a lot of noise with the the big Ben Parker uh, flutter spoons. You know, if you if you got s- something that you can cast that spoon with, you know, and just just reel it back through there, or just try to keep it up on top, you know, and yank on it some. I and I'll even. I'll even take a free line with a live bait on it on a spinning rod, you know, with with no weight or anything, you know, and cast it as far as I can and, and cast it right on top of a fish's head. And, uh, but, but most of the time, uh, a red fin, really good for stripers. Uh, just, just anything that, uh, stay up close to the top or on top and make some racket with it. You know, uh, a lot of those those hits are out of reaction. You know, a lot of times, mm-hmm. as soon as whatever you're casting, as soon as it hits the water, if you if you hit the right spot, I mean, you don't even have time, time to close the bale hardly before they've taken that lure away from you. Good
0: gracious, that'd be fun. You, you, you know, does it seem to be uh, completely random in a school when you're fishing schools like that? As far as the size, or I mean, yeah. a lot of these bass guys we talk to, they're like, you know, we seem to catch the bigger bass at the front of the school, at the up current side of the school. We seem to catch the bigger fish there. It's like they, it's like the larger bass get out front and uh, and, and, position themselves in, in, in kind of the, you know, where they can catch the first bait coming down, down current from them. Have you ever noticed that with stripes or is it more just random?
2: Uh, It's uh, it's sort of random, but I I will tell you this, your bigger stripes are going to be below those ones that are on surface. In other words, if you you pitch a a swim bait or or just anything, if if it can get down there, You know, if it can get below the surface of the water, your bigger fish are going to come from right below instead of right there on top.
0: Huh. So if you just, it's just, if you can just get the bait past that first wave of smaller ones and get it down there, then that's where the bigger ones are.
2: Exactly. And when. When I'm saying the uh, get them past the smaller ones, these fish that came up the other day, these were 5- to 12-pound fish. I mean, these weren't your little 1- and 2-pound fish. I mean, again, I haven't seen that many fish in years and years and years and years years of that quality on top. I just, it's been a long time.
0: That's that'd be a that'd be a sight right there now. That'd be a lot of fun to get into something like that. What talk to yeah. me a little bit about your setup as far as you're obviously set up to potentially catch some 30, 40 pound fish. So knowing that, are you using more spinning reels, bait casters? What kind of line seems to work better? What pound test? Kind of walk through your setup just a little bit
2: and all this is just what what i've learned and discovered over all the years of fishing for these stripers you finally just sort of zero in on what works best for you so i never i never ever use over a 20 pound monofilament line if you use over 20 pounds and and I'm always talking to Lake Martin, okay? If you use over twenty pound test line, you're not gonna get as many bites. So you just use a twenty-pound test line and back back off your drag a little bit. And in the wintertime, I'll I'll even use anywhere from ten to twelve pound test line on spinning rods, and sure enough back off on the drag. And we've gotten a forty-five pound. Striper in on a ten-pound test line on a spinner rod before, and so so it can be done. Now you might have to follow that fish around till he tires out, but it can be done. And we use a twenty-pound fluorocarbon leader. I like spinning rods, and I use a lot of I use a lot of ugly stick catfish, medium heavy. Uh, rods, some seven, seven and a half foot rods, and I also use the Ugly Stick Striper rod, seven and a half with a medium action. So I, I don't use stuff that's real light when it comes to rods, but I sure don't use anything real stiff either. It, Say in the springtime, if I'm fishing up in the river, I'm just going to say, for instance, in April and May, if I'm up in the river pulling big bait on boards, yes, I'm, I'm going to use everything I use. is going to be a medium heavy instead of just a medium light because the potential there to catch that 30 to 50 pound striper. So that's what I'm going to use up there.
0: That's good. Are you using mainly, uh, and I know topwater, we're discussing, you know, mainly topwater today, so I know you're using artificial bait there, but is there there a certain time of the day, like say, you do those fish when they're schooling on top, is that where you would go out and stay on topwater all day with the client, or are you fishing that, you know, first thing in the morning, you're finding the schools, and then the fish are going back down, and, and you're using either artificial or live bait?
2: I'm fishing to tell you something that's probably just the opposite of what most people would tell you. First thing in the morning, you know, like if I get out there before daylight, I might actually be, you know, downlining something, something deep, and as the sun comes up and the brighter the sun gets, that's when these these herring and these stripers are going to start hitting on top, pretty much. Hmm. opposite of what i grew grew up right you know but these herrings on a real bright sunny day in the fall and the winter they're going to come up close to the top and, and those stripers are going to come with they're going to follow yeah yeah it, it, and again it's just the opposite of what what you would normally think sure uh, yeah
0: absolutely but
2: that's, yeah. that's very and, interesting uh, yeah but but uh to answer your question. I'm gonna do both. I am on uh topwater fish and I'm on you know, and I'm gonna uh fish for some fish that's a little bit deeper but but like uh like yesterday I booked some of my regular customers. Yesterday they're they're gonna do a, a three day trip in October and all they wanna do is is uh top water fish. So we'll spend the whole trip just running from place to place you know fishing top water because they have caught so many fish with me over the years they said they'd rather catch three fish on top casting to them than 50 fish on the downlining rod just because they've been doing it for so long They you know they they enjoy that top water fight you know and you know and they're using my spinning rods and casting to them and I mean, they've had them jerk, have the rods jerked out of their hands. So they know the potential out there on a topwater bite. So they uh, they love coming and doing that.
0: Well, I mean, we all love the topwater. It's just fun. That's all
2: there is to it. It's just yeah, fun. Oh, it's yeah.
0: hard to beat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it is.
2: It is. And, well, it's- uh, and I, I get so excited this time of year. You know, people say, ah, last time we went with you, you know, we didn't do all that great. I said, last time you went with me, you know, it was probably August the 20th. And I told you before we went, this ain't the time to be going, you know, Right. it's just, uh, it's just, it's just different tougher. season. Different yeah, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: For sure. Absolutely. Well, if somebody was going to come up there this weekend and, uh, you know, I got to get a tip from you. So if somebody was going to come, come over to Lake Martin this weekend and try to catch somebody's stripes, you know, what would your tip of the day be?
2: I I would come, if you're coming uh, to try to catch a striper this weekend, I would come prepared, especially to be ready to do some casting on top. But if that doesn't happen, don't rule out going and looking for these fish deeper, uh, you know, in, in some 60-foot water. And, and more than likely, you're going to find some schools around 35 to 40 foot deep you know just just uh hanging there and uh but unless something just drastic happens i think this coming weekend i think we're gonna have some fish stories and a lot of pictures to post this weekend
0: man that's great well i i'll I'll give people a tip if they really want to catch a bunch of stripers if they need to just call you and, and and get in the boat and go with you or some of your guys. And uh, if they want to do that, what's the best way for them to get in touch with
2: you? The best way to get me is either text or call me at 256-401-3089. And uh, if you didn't have a chance to write that down, just just, uh, Google Alex City Guide Service, and you'll be able to get right to us.
0: Alex City Guide Service. Yes, sir. Good stuff, Captain David. Well, hey, man, I appreciate it. Thank you for jumping on. Uh, always love having you on here and appreciate you sharing with us. So thank you very much. And, uh, look forward to talking to you again soon, man. Good luck on your trips here in the next few days and, uh, look forward to hearing how you did.
2: Sounds good. I appreciate it. You have a good day. Yes, sir. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.
0: All right, guys, that's going to wrap up another great segment. Y'all take just a minute and check out some of the businesses that keeps the show free to you each and every week. Sun South from outdoors equipment, parts, services, accessories. Sun South has you covered. On the best for less, visit Sun South or sunsouth.com for quality John Deere equipment. Sun South for those that do. And brought to you by BM Pole Company is the leading manufacturer of crappie poles in the world today. Their product line has evolved to include top-quality gear for anglers who fish for more than panfish, including their SAM Super Salt Series designed for shallow water fishing for trout and redfish. These rods will deliver everything you need to catch these inshore fish at a great price. The genuine Portuguese cork handle feels great in your hand, and the exposed blank touch system will add unbelievable sensitivity. Stainless guides are durable and flow smoothly. Check out their whole lineup at B&M Poles. .com. Welcome back to the show, guys. Hey, man, a, a great segment with David. Man, you guys, if you go on his Facebook page or, or their website, I mean, it's pretty amazing the size of some of these striped bass that we have, not just in Lake Martin, but, but you know, Smith Lake is unbelievable, and several of these um, big lakes that we have around the state hold some just super big striped bass, and it's really cool to see. Uh, it'd be really cool to, uh, to, to catch some of those 40-pounders. Almost feels like you're deep sea fishing in Lake Martin, but uh, pretty cool. Anyway, let's get on to our segment three today, and we're going to go up the river just a little ways on the Coosa Talapusa and talk to Zeke Gossick. Zeke, what's going on, my friend? Hey, nothing much, just just, just fishing, just fishing, man.
3: You just live your yeah. dream, Zeke. Yes, sir. I've always wanted to do this, and now I'm starting to do it. I guess. I've graduated college and now I'm doing it full time, pursuing and guiding and fishing pro tournament. So yes, sir, I'm living the dream.
0: Man, that's awesome. That is a dream, absolutely. And you, it's taken a lot of work to do what you do and and get to that point. Uh, you don't just wake up and go out there and do that. I'm, I I can appreciate the work that you put into it. And uh, how about Auburn fishing team, man? They ended up good this year. Yeah, they did.
3: Yeah, my buddy Tucker and uh, Logan, they both did great. They 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 won. The, ended up winning team of the year and uh they're getting to fish that bracket here soon so i was real happy for those guys and they you know we kind of passed the torch off with us winning it and, you know we won me and my partner lucas we won it last year as well for the team of the year so happy for those guys and excited to see what they get to do
0: man that's awesome that's just uh well where have you uh you've been fishing lay a pretty good bit Yeah,
3: I've been fishing lay and, you know, Logan, of course, my home lake, but I have been fishing on lay a decent amount. i went, you know, the past couple of weeks, I'd probably say four or five times. So I've been out there a good, decent bit.
0: I mean, we got this cool weather just come through. I know that uh, us as fishermen, it's more comfortable for us, but turn the fish on.
3: Well, I'll give you the report from the last couple of weeks. It's been tough. Uh, You can look at tournament weights as far as there was a two-day BFL, I believe it took 27 or 28 pounds to win for two days. So, uh, you know, not even 15 pounds a day. So that's pretty tough for, for, uh, Lay Lake. You know, mm. Lake has got so many big ones in it. And some, for some reason, it all happens every year, uh, in September. They just disappear. You know, I think they're on that fall transition, uh, moving back into the creeks or moving up on the bank and it's hard their bite windows is real small that this time of year. They may be so, like I, us Zeke.
0: And by September, we so daggum tired of the hot weather. We just don't want to do nothing. And they may be the same way.
3: That's yeah, exactly. That's what I tell a lot of people. I, fish are a lot like people, you know, when you're finally tired, you know, like this time of year, you're tired of the cold or tired of the hot weather and you're ready for it to be cold. That way, you know, you feel better, you know, and the fish are the same as that way. And I'll tell you this. I mean, the past, a couple of weeks there if you're catching 12 to 15 pounds are doing pretty good but looking at it now we're right around the corner of having really good fishing coming up so we're going to get to look forward to that and i'm looking or i'm looking forward to it you know because it's been so tough out there
0: so uh, Walt, walk but, me through the change that's going to take place so right now how how are you fishing now and, 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 what will the fish be doing as that temperature drops off and how will you start changing your tactic and your approach to catch them?
3: Right. So tonight it's going to be one of our first colder nights that we've had. We've had a couple, but we're really about to have like three or four in a row. So the way I'm going to approach that, I'm going to fish the places where I think they're coming to rather than fish places that I have been catching them where you know, if they're on a ledge or something. And we have a lot of current in the in the system right now as well from all the rain. So we're it's cooking up to be a really good uh, week, especially next week coming up. As soon as the current slows down just a hair and all the cooler nights cool down the water, and we get around a four or five degree water temp, those fish will they will rush the banks, they'll rush the backs of the creeks, haul the shad. You'll see a big movement come about the third or fourth day on that cold snap for sure. So the way I'd fish it is I'd I would go to either A, the back of a creek, maybe fish. I'd usually fish the grass, of course. Uh lay is notorious for the grass bite. So I really think we'll see a lot of fish push the bank. As far as like spotted bass, they'll start moving up on those shallow ledges around beeswax. And on the bluff walls downriver, you'll see a lot of big fish start pushing up on those walls and just pushing shallow uh, with all the water moving too. So. I think we're about to see a big move here soon. So I'm really looking forward to it because it's been so, so dang tough lately.
0: Now, when you talk about the bluff walls, you're talking about down on lay where it's, I mean, the kind of those clay banks just come straight down into the water, right?
3: Right. Well, I guess the best point to tell everybody is what they call the narrows. So the narrows is below Bozo's Fish Camp. A lot of people probably know that. Uh, but the narrows down to the lower end dam, actually lay down. There's a lot of bluff walls, a lot of vertical cover down on that end. It, it actually, you know, it's a totally different lake kind of up on the upper around beeswax. You know, it's a lot shallower, a lot more stumps, but mm-hmm. you you transition down into the bottom end, which is actually where I think everything goes down first because one, the water's clearer and more, and also they have that more vertical structure. So they can move up and down a lot easier up there. Uh, and there in the fall, I'd love to fish down there on the lower end on those bluffs. I usually throw either a spinnerbait, bait, I might flip a jig down those walls. Uh, it can be really good fishing, especially for spotted bass. Uh, spotted bass are going to be a lot more consistent if you're looking at just catching fish. But don't you know? Don't pass up on a grass bed or, or nothing in the back of a creek either. That's where those largemouth are going to start to stage up. And though I've actually seen a lot more big gizzard shad this year, which is actually good. I I see them jumping, and like you'll go in the back of a pocket, and you'll hit, you know, you'll be in shallow water, and when you hit your trolling motor, you'll see big gizzard shad jump. So I'm I'm really excited to see the forage. It looks like it's really good right now. So they should be starting to follow those big gizzard shad, or and even the little tiny shad. You'll see them feed on those little, you know, finger nail size shad as well so it's going to so, get good here soon for sure
0: now so you and you said what you were fishing on the on the bluff walls if you're going if you're fishing you still in the grass you throwing a swim jig uh, yeah
3: so the grass yeah swim jig flip you know the october you know october i'm going to talk about a little bit you know ahead of time now because sure it's going to be totally different so yes yeah, so if i went to go fish the grass the frog bite is going to get really good there's always a good fall frog bite on on any lake you know it's most popular on like lakes like gunners or or pickwick in the hydrilla but it's the same deal on the coosa you'll have a good frog bite uh, a good swim jig bite and a good flipping bite usually uh, especially if you have a cloudy windy day uh, or a little bit of rain that's probably the optimal conditions uh, for that kind of fishing style but you can still catch them in the sun too of course but Usually the spots bite a little bit better for me if it's a more sunny day than, than the large mouth, but you can catch either or, but yeah. So just keeping it simple in the grass, you know, the, you know, the, the trio is what I call it, you know, swim, jig, frog and flip. And you, you can usually run across a couple of good ones, especially in the fall time. It's not going to be as good as the spring, but, uh, it's definitely going to be a good day.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's go back to the bluff bluffs just a minute. Thinking about fishing like bluff walls and that, that vertical. Uh, walls that come down how important is boat position how you uh, how you position your boat when you're when you're fishing those walls
3: very important so I usually like the 45 degree those banks especially if I'm fishing a jig or throwing a chatterbait or spinnerbait like I said throwing something I usually like the 45 but with a jerkbait or something you want to get you want to hug tight to the bank the reason is it keeps that jerkbait in that strike zone a lot longer and a jerk bait, you know, of course, especially suspended jerk bait, a lot of those bluff walls, some of the best bluff walls, you know, this is textbook, but when, when they fall, you know, they fall straight off and they have a good whip out there and about, you know, seven to 10 foot. That's where those fish like to hang at our, our points on the bluff wall. Uh, and there's actually some timber on the bluff walls at, at lay, and uh, those fish love to suspend and around that timber or around that lip. And jerkbait just really gets them fired up as well. Like when they're dormant and they see that jerkbait, and I usually work it pretty quick this time of year. Because one, the, the water is usually a little clear. It's probably a little dingy right now. But generally, the water is really clear on the bottom end, especially around in the paint area, paint creek area. I, I, I won't pause a jerkbait any shorter than one or two seconds. It's not like your general, you know, wintertime jerkbait fishing when you're letting it pause 10, 15 seconds, you know.
0: So yeah, you're moving it on pretty good. A,
3: yeah we're moving along pretty good and the key to that like i said is vertical or fishing real close real tight to the bank and keeping that jerk bait in the strike zone longer and that's what's going to cause you to get a little uh have a better chance of catching that fish
0: now what kind of jerk bait i mean are you know i mean i think a jerk bait and it's probably i think of too wide of range because i'm thinking from like a, a fluke you know, mm-hmm. all the way with something with a bill along that's diving a little bit. When you're talking about a uh, a jerkbait, what do you kind of like to use?
3: Yeah. Yeah. So my favorite jerkbait that I use anywhere, I catch more fish on this jerkbait than any, any other one, but it's the Strike King. It's the 300D. It's the long bill version. It's the deep diving version. And the reason I use that, that longer bill not only, it gets deeper, of course, um, and you, you want that on that vertical stuff, you know, whether it's the timber or the, or the blood flaws, but also that bigger bill will deflect. It's kind of like a square bill idea. You know how a square bill crankbait, it comes across riprap, and we use it because it comes through the riprap and doesn't get mm-hmm. hung. The same deal with that is with that longer bill jerkbait. It'll keep that jerkbait from getting hung in the timber and, or getting hung up on a rock or a tree that's coming off the bank you'll be amazed how, how good that long bill jerk bait It's a three hook jerk bait. And I usually just use a either a sexy shad color or a sexy ghost minnow, something like that. If the water's clear, but that long bill jerk bait comes through that cover so well. And it, you'll be surprised what it can come through and not get hung up. And that's the reason I use
0: it. That's a good tip. In fact, well, I'm just going to let you use that as your tip of the day.
3: <laughs> that's a, a lot of people don't do that. That's a, uh, I don't, I don't try to share that very often, but I'll, I'll share it. And it's, it's, it's a very good way to keep that bait unhung, and, you know, instead of getting hung up on your, you know, on a piece of, you know, limb or something, you, you, you can catch that fish most of the time.
0: Yeah, that's good, man. That That's really good stuff. On some of those deeper walls, do you like crank down uh, to get it to a certain depth and then start jerking? Or do you just start jerking from where it starts at yeah. the top?
3: yeah that's a good question um it depends on the day if it's if it's real cloudy and uh real windy I'll, I'll usually just start uh jerk the jerking process as far as i don't usually reel it down but if i feel like the fish are a little bit deeper like on a sunny real calm day i will try to get that jerk bait down a little bit deeper and plus now with all the technology we have now we have mm. live scope, so we have forward-facing sonar so Uh, I mean, we can look and see where the fish are sitting. It's a little bit harder to see them on that vertical wall because pan optics, it's better on like a flat, you know, or something like that. Right. You can still see fish hanging off that wall, you know, you know, five to 10 foot off that wall. And if I can see a couple, I don't have to see like actual cast to them. But if I see some fish and see how deep they're sitting, that usually tells me what I need to do. So Yeah, because really, if you see
0: a couple, then you are gonna know that that's probably. going I mean, the majority are probably gonna be at the same depth, right. so you can kind of exactly. you can kind of gauge it from that.
3: Exactly. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, that was my point. Exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good stuff, man. Well, it sounds. The exciting thing is, is it sounds like it's fixing to get good, and we all know that. And uh, we're kind of like I said at yeah, the yeah. first of our our segment here. You know those fish are sick of the hot weather just like we are, and and uh just like walking out, you know, right now outside, you're like man, feel a little better. Feel yeah, like I want right. to go do exactly. something, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's the way the
3: that's the way the fish are. They are ready to bite. You know when they feel them first two or three cold nights. I promise you, you'll see a giant wave of fish. It's almost like a spawn. You know when those fish pull up the spawn. You know they they feel it, but it's like in the fall time you get them first four or five cold nights it is it's on for sure because they are just they're tired of it being hot and the water not being you know it, it's hard you know, they lose a lot of oxygen now they you know and we have the fall turnover and it makes it real tough and it makes it you know they don't want to feed as well those ghosts suspend, suspend, but as soon as that and that bait the bait fish they feel it you know and the bass will follow them and they feel it too and something triggers in the, their bodies when it's colder the bite is it's it's the weirdest thing you know so, yeah yeah, yeah they there they're, they're we're right around the corner from, from really great fishing for sure
0: that's awesome man yeah it'll be here it'll be here quick man with these cool nights that we're getting and and uh the highs not being as bad well, I think we'll see a change like next week will be a whole lot different than this week
3: <clears throat> oh yes well, yeah. no no doubt yeah.
0: yeah it sure will yeah one last question when you see a front come through, a cold front, like, or any front, I guess, for that matter, but a front like mm-hmm. today, we've got a front coming right. through. We're going to, this is the first time we're going to be down in the 50s in a long time. Right. Does it take the fish a day or two to get kind of acclimated to that change and then they get active? Or will you see like an immediate, oh, this is nice? I'm, I'm, yeah. They're ready to feed.
3: Yeah. So usually, Uh, during the fall it it only takes a couple of nights is what I've seen in the past few years. So yeah, like two to three days max. Like today they probably be biting real well because the the wind's real strong. I'm I'm looking outside my house right now and the wind, the water looks good and the winds and you feel that front coming in. So there's probably a lot of fish biting right now, but generally, yeah, two or three days in the fall when we get them first cold nights, you see a big difference for sure it's not like the springtime when we have a cold front, you know, it kind of shuts them off. This actual front that's coming in, uh, this will actually turn the fish on. So I look forward to it every year. And uh, it happens about this time of year, you know, sometimes it's a little bit later in October. Sometimes it's, you know, late September, early October. So uh, I read somewhere, if anybody believes in the farmer's almanac, I heard we're supposed to have a real hard winter. So it's looking like to be true. You know, we haven't, I, I keep a log and, uh, the weather last year, we're still, you know, really hot at this point and yep. you know, we're, we're already getting colder weather. So we might be looking at a pretty hard winter, but I'm looking forward to it. And I know the fish are probably too.
0: Yes, absolutely, man. Well, look, I appreciate it. Always love having you on here, man. And, uh, and, and appreciate your time and, and your input. If somebody wants to come book a trip with you, uh, you know and, and learn a lot for sure and, and catch a heck of a lot of fish what's the best way for them to get in touch with you Zeke?
3: yeah so my social media accounts uh i'll start with instagram you uh, can follow me on instagram or message me on instagram at zpg fishing uh or and on facebook it's just Zeke gossip so either way hit me in a direct message and uh, uh we'll get we'll get on a trip
0: Man, that sounds good, buddy. Well, stay safe out there. Appreciate you and look forward to having you back on soon.
3: Yes, sir. I appreciate it. All
0: right, guys. That's going to wrap up another great report. Uh, and it was brought to you by Bucks Island Marina. At Bucksislands.com, you can check out the full list of inventory from new and used bass pontoon bow rider style boats new and used motors as well as kayaks for sale they love trade-ins which provide a steady stream of used boats they can rig your boat at their 18 bay service department or ship your new motor anywhere in the united states they provide boat service on all kinds of boats even if they weren't purchased from brooks island They have factory trained and certified technicians, so visit them at 4500 Highway 77, Southside, Alabama, 35907, or give them a call at 256-442-2588. And brought to you by Photonist Defense. Photonis Defense is proud to offer the PD Pro line of night vision systems. The PD Pro series is the world's smallest and lightest night vision goggles built around the Photonis 16mm filmless 4G image intensifier tubes and our hybrid filmless 18mm image intensifier tubes. These ultra-light, ultra-compact night vision systems deliver the cleanest image, best resolution, smallest, most transparent halo, and best overall performance and function of any night vision system available. The PD-Pro line consists of the PD-Pro-M 16 millimeter monocular, the PD-Pro-B 16 millimeter binocular, and the PD-Pro-Q panoramic night vision system. Photonist Defense, Masters of Darkness. All right, folks, that's going to wrap it up for this week. If you're enjoying the podcast, as always, please take a minute to subscribe, rate, and uh, leave us a review wherever you listen to the podcast. If you'd like us to email it to you, we'd love to do that each and every week, too. So just text the word FISHING to 314-665-1767. And we will email you the show each and every week. Stay safe out there on the water, guys. Talk to y'all next week. This week's Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report was brought to you by OutdoorAlabama.com. That's where I learn the basics of how to hunt and fish, including what's in season and which license to buy. Learn more at OutdoorAlabama.com. Go hunt, go fish, get outdoors. This message was brought to you by the Alabama Department of Conservation and Natural Resources, and brought to you by BNM Pole Company is more than just panfish. Check out their Sam Super Salt series designed for shallow water fishing for trout and redfish at BNMpoles.com. And brought to you by Intercoastal Safaris. You're at the beach and fishing just isn't quite your thing. That's fine. Let's head one hour north of Panama City Beach and shoot some pigs. There's no trophy fees and no bag limits. Night Vision Pig Hunts with AR-15s one hour north of the Emerald Coast. Head on over to intercoastalsafaris.com to find out more. And brought to you by Bucks Island is a family-owned and operated business since 1948. They have new pontoon boats, bass boats, bow riders, and aluminum boats for sale. Visit them at bucksislands.com or give them a call at 256-442-2588. And by MB Ranch King, save time and money when you buy MB Ranch King's maintenance-free hunting blinds. Call Kevin for info or quotes. 205-807-2937. 205-807-2937. MB Ranch King, built in the pursuit of perfection. And by Sun South. If your to-do list requires work on the land, come see us at Sun South. We listen to your needs so you get the right equipment and the right implements at a price you can afford. For John Deere Equipment Sales, Parts, and Service, come see us at Sun South. Equipment for those that do. And brought to you by Photonist Defense, PD Pro Ultralight, Ultra Compact Night Vision Systems. Simply the best in-class night vision system ever built. Contact us at PhotonistDefense.com to learn more. Photonist Defense, Masters of Darkness. And brought to you by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. Become a better southern hunter and angler and pick up your copy today wherever fine magazines are sold or save a bundle online at greatdaysoutdoors.com.